Hey, this is Rachel Middleton, and I'm really grateful you are joining us today for the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast. This is the place where topics and issues relevant to leadership, influence, and the kingdom of God are discussed and help us learn and grow together. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Rick Shields, and I serve as the director of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. Thanks for investing your time with us on this episode. Our guest today is Jaden Cook. He's a husband to a special education public school teacher, a father to a four-month-old baby girl, congratulations, a foster parent, a pastor's kid, a worship leader, a digital ministry leader. Most of all, though, Jaden says that he's a follower of Christ. In his free time, like there's really any free time of those other things, Jaden works for Oral Roberts University as the university's first meta-technology engineer, commonly referred to as a metaverse engineer. Thanks for joining us, Jaden, and really welcome to our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to diving into some fun conversations today. Yeah, well, you're going to have to help us, Jaden, because I understand the follower of Christ. I got the father and the husband and the pastor's kid, the rest of your bio, but meta-technology and metaverse, that's still a bit foreign to me, and I suppose to most of our listeners. So can you help us understand some of what all this means? Maybe we could start with the term metaverse. What is that? Sure. So I'll try to make it simple. A lot of this falls into buzzwordy categories. So if you need to interrupt me, feel free to do that. First thing, meta itself means kind of like beyond or all-encompassing. So a lot of the the buzzwords here come in. So metaverse is a product of Web 3.0, which is the, the third iteration of the internet. Web 1 is just reading the internet only. Web 2 is read and write. You can read what's on the internet and you can write. You kind of think of social media. Web 3, read, write, ownership. You hear uh, blockchain or crypto. I own my digital content. But on top of that, you have things like virtual reality, augmented reality. But realistically, it's all built on AI. And that's kind of the main focus here is what how all of this is built off of the fundamental pieces of AI. But if you want to interrupt me there, have any questions where you want me to direct, let me know. Yeah, you're still speaking a foreign language to me, but <laughs> hey, that's all right. We have to get through this, you know, to get on to the other end. So you know, and I know there's a lot more to or to unpack here. You said augmented reality, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and more. You suggest that these are tools, and you even told me in advance of, of our conversation that they may have a role in the church and in ministries. Help us to understand that better. If you can break it down to how we can use it effectively. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll kind of go back a little bit more and I'll, I'll define terms for us a little bit better so we can build off. First thing would be, let's go virtual and augmented reality. That's where I do a lot of my research at ORU on how do we use immersive technologies to engage students. So virtual reality a, a good example of that would be for pilots when they're doing test simulations. So they kind of put them in a, a video game simulation. You've got screens all around you and you're practicing hours and hours upon flying to get better. Yeah. Very similar to that. We're using like headsets nowadays for students to be able to perform surgeries and do different things. So they can get hours on a non-physical patient before they actually go into the operation room and start working on actual patients. And that's the biggest barrier. Most people say, do you want a new doctor operating on your your eyes? Or do you want a doctor who has 30 years experience doing surgery on the eye? Well, you want someone who's got a little bit of experience. Most jobs nowadays, they want to hire a 
college grad with 20 years experience. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So you can use virtual reality to kind of do that where you just put them in an environment where you can still stimulate stress and high stakes, but then have a physical body that they're able to work on. That's lifelike. And it reacts the same way a human body would, but there's not as high of consequences for that student to be able to learn. So that's what virtual reality allows. Augmented reality is almost the same thing, except for instead of being inside of a video game, you're inside of your actual room. So you could have glasses on and a mannequin inside the room, but then the glasses will show you vitals of that patient. Or when you go in to do chest compressions, you can start to see there's a video overlaid on top of that mannequin that'll start to to do different things. And so you can use these tools, these digital tools on top of your reality to do augmentation or augmented reality. Both of those are really used in kind of an educational context. The main underlying tool behind both of those, this is really where I want to focus, is AI. So AI or artificial intelligence, if you go real simple, it's very, very, very powerful computers and graphics cards that are trained for a specific use case. A lot of people here like ChatGPT, Google Bard, these things. So they're they're computer programs that are trained over and over for a specific use case. Their ultimate goal is to try to automate away mundane tasks. And so I believe that's the key part there, that the automation and using these tools are really what's going to be important for effective leaders of tomorrow in the church, in a school context, and especially in business to be effective, is to learn how to use these tools to leverage what they do best, which is more, I mean, just leadership. We get so bogged down in a lot of the the day-to-day operational tasks that realistically should be automated away that they don't get to focus on actual leadership components. And so, so what you're saying is, if I understand this correctly, artificial intelligence really helps to do a lot of forecasting. Absolutely. Otherwise, we might have to put pieces together ourselves and miss pieces, but artificial intelligence is able to grab these from so many different places, so many different sources put them together and probably give us a better forecast than we would ourselves. We're not talking about weather. We could be talking about geopolitics. We could be talking about economy. We could be talking about the weather. Mm-hmm. I read this last week that AI is being very helpful, for example, in recognizing some pre-Alzheimer's situations mm-hmm. and also even in breast cancer research. Mm-hmm. What I understand most of this is that it's an opportunity for for us to gain from all the knowledge that's out there being brought together to us in a package and say, here it is. Absolutely. I This is a little tangential. I was actually talking with our chief data scientist at ORU today, and I was talking about how after we graduate high school, realistically, the, the separation between you and an expert in something is following the scientific method over and over. It's, it's finding a problem, identifying it, equipping yourself with some new tools and then trying to solve that problem. And you go layers and layers and layers upon that. That's where you get physics, calculus. It's just, it's math expounded upon. What AI can kind of fill in a role here is it takes a computer exponentially less time to iterate on these things. And so there are several AI models that you can train on your own speech or your own thought process and say, this is how I would have solved this situation. This is the way I would have communicated with this person. And you can give it that data set and it can run through multiple different simulations and it would have a proper response for an email or for a Slack message from someone saying, hey, how do I handle this issue? It would know how you would want to respond to that issue and provide a a proper response to those people. So 
AI, like I was saying, it can a be a proper response or response that you would put together. Yes. There could be a difference. Yes, absolutely. So there, there is a chief difference between the two of those. And it goes off of how that, how that model has been trained. So all of these different models, they're trained differently for different tasks. And so that's, that's a point of you've got to be vigilant about what you're using and what goal you're using it for. And that's part of the rub that people have that they're very concerned about is that AI is going to put pieces together that maybe we had not and maybe call for certain actions that we would not. Um, that's one of the rubs. Absolutely. Well, and that's that's the importance of understanding the technology. So I think of it from both a professional experience, but also from like a, a religious experience. It's it's your job as a pastor, as a father, as a as a leader to understand what you're using and what you're what you're teaching with and different tools. I think that a lot of this technology is being incorporated in much of what we do every single day. It's the algorithms are in all of our social media, they're in traffic lights, they're in planning all of these different things and that for us to be effective communicators, leaders, pastors, we can't just immediately jump into fear. We have to understand what the technology is and then move forward. But we can jump into fear immediately, but it doesn't really take us anywhere. I hear a commercial when I listen to the radio, which people your age don't listen to the radio too much, but I listen to the radio and there's a commercial from a company called Video Revolution here in Tulsa. And one of the quotes they have in this commercial is that people fear what they don't understand. I think what we would tell anyone else about their fears, if they came to us for some kind of counseling and they're talking about what they're afraid of, we would probably help them to come to the point of saying, well, let's understand that. But we're not doing that with AI. We're not doing that with meta technologies. We're just standing back and saying, oh, no, no, it's going to kill us. And I think that the church kind of has has that attitude toward all new technologies, like printing press, overhead projector. Yeah. Like oh, overhead projector. projector. <laughs> oh, we're going to get rid of the songbooks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. I well, mean, they but- had... Kids gumming them and writing in them anyway, you know, so maybe that was a good idea to get rid of those. But all of these technologies, if if not anything, like even go all the way back to the printing press, it democratized education. It made that accessible to so many more people, like each sequential piece of technology, where at first it was hard to see how the church could use it for God. It's kind of silly to think that he created everything in earth, under the earth, and to think that anything that could be created from the things that he created could not be used for his perfect will and his perfect glory. It's just kind of silly. And so, but the church is always just, the first step is apprehension. We'll let the world figure it out. And then we'll lead afterward using this. We are always a good 10 to 15 years behind culture. The church tends to lag behind that far. And one of the things I've said for years is we need to change that position and put the church in the front. Because if we get in the front, then we have the opportunity to help to define some of the understandings of what's taking place and how it can be used appropriately. Hey, people are always going to find a way how to use things inappropriately anyway. We don't have to help with that. Absolutely. But imagine if the church is on the front. I, th- I think that'd be fabulous. Hey, I want to take a minute to remind our listeners that feedback is really important to us. So actually, Jaden comes to us because of a suggestion by his father, Joe Cook, as a guest. So if you have a suggestion for a guest or for a topic, let me know. Drop me an email at info at doorways.cc, and we'll try to incorporate that into our podcast schedule. I'm talking with Jaden Cook. He's the metatechnology engineer at Coral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Actually, he's the first to have been hired into that role at the university. 
ORU has really made substantive efforts over the years to bring technology into the classroom and virtual learning through their global learning center. Jaden, there are a lot of concerns about AI and I, and you likely know about them better than we do. We hear of things like privacy concerns built in by security risk, potential for job losses. But do we have reason to be concerned about these things or not? I initial response would be no, but I think it's kind of, again, naive to say that. I think, yes, things change when technology changes. If fear or concern begats an opportunity for us to be apprehensive and learn rather than to be held in that fear and not grow into an opportunity to learn, then no, we shouldn't we shouldn't be concerned or be fearful if it's going to ha- harm us from learning. But yeah, if if we're going to use that as an opportunity to put on some safety rails and say, we're going to walk into this, but we're not going to dive headlong into it. But we also know that if God is for us, nothing can be against us. So if we're walking into a new situation, we can redeem it immediately claim it for his glory. And so, yes, there will be some things that change. And I think it's absolutely important to not just full sale adopt one of these platforms like chat GPT and say, I'm going to write every sermon or I'm going to write every memo that I sent to my office using chat GPT because I know it's going to do great. And you're going to notice there's a political leaning bias, or if you ask it um, some religious questions, it'll skew toward the secular interpretation of different scriptures and things. And yeah, it's it's your job as a leader and as a pastor, as a as a father, whomever is going to ask it different questions to discern if truth is in that. So absolutely, we should be apprehensive to accepting anything full sale, but we should never be hindered by our fear to grow into an opportunity to learn. In some of our advanced preparations for this episode, you shared some additional tools we need to be aware of. You said chat GPT is the term that's the most familiar to me. And you just mentioned it, though I really I don't even know what it is. You also mentioned LLMs, Google's Bard, Bing's Chat. They're built on GPT-4. That sounds like a Pontiac car that I, what I used to know. I feel like I'm going to have to learn a new language here just to keep up. Help us to understand what are these things, Jaden? Absolutely. So first one I'll start with is LLM. That's a large language model. Those, all of those other things, chat GPT, Google Bard, and then Bing, everybody's, uh, you know, their favorite Google search alternative also has a chat feature, which is it's using chat GPT. No, no. no. Are you sure about that? Bing is the favorite backup. For, uh, oh, for yeah. Google? That, there's a little bit of sarcasm in that. <laughs> OK, there you OK, that helps me. OK, there you go. Thank you. Absolutely. So so those are all built on large language models. Again, I'll kind of break it down. Basically, what those are are huge data sets that have been trained on thousands and thousands. If I don't remember the exact number, so don't quote me on this, but I believe that it was over 200 billion different data points that were used on GPT-3 and GPT-4 is supposed to be 10 times that size. Think of any any student's paper that's been turned in online, any essay that's online, any social media post, news articles, those type of things. These models were trained on, again, so when you're thinking AI, there's a specific purpose. Their purpose was not necessarily to become a knowledge repository at the beginning, but to learn how people speak and communicate. And so each of these, they're, they're kind of built as chatbots that are meant to talk like a human, not be when you ask it a question, it's like, hello, fellow human, I am, you know, everybody's interpretation right. of what a robot would talk like. Well, if you go into chat GPT or Google Bard, when you ask it a question, it's going to use colloquialisms. It's going to use the same type of conversational rhetoric that we're using here to ask a question. And so there, which is, by the way, a reason for Christians to post more and to write more 
because if it's pulling these data points, we have the opportunity to help to formulate what direction those go. Absolutely. And that's something that's cool. So working with ORU, we have a few partners outside of ORU that um, I have the opportunity to work with, uh, Christian Vision in the UK, and then, of course, the uh, the Green family here in the United States that are working to build a more, uh, so we're going back to when we're looking at GPT or different others that are kind of biased, they're working at training them with more Christian data sets. So we would have a large language model in the future that's more biblically accurate and something that we can build off of. So yeah, there are a lot of people around the world that are working on exactly solving that problem. Tell us how these tools apply to a normal person, how or where can, well, you've already mentioned some of these, how can AI play a role in our lives? Well, it's a traffic light. The things we listen to, the things we watch on television, because next thing you know, the things we're talking on our phone, next thing you know, we're getting these things that say, hey, Rick, you still want to look for a whatever, a nutcracker for Christmas. How else can we use them, though? I think that this is something that's real important. So in a, in a leadership context, I know that uh, both in professional life and in ministry life, leadership, the, the number one thing that you hear from leaders and situations that are struggling or even situations that are good, one of the most key important features is communication. That if you're effectively communicating in your organization or in your church or even in your marriage, that things are really good. And that when that communication breakdown happens, that problems arise almost instantaneously. It's really funny how that happens. Right now, we're all kind of familiar with Zoom calls that should have been emails and emails that should have been a text message. Because as a as a leader, and this has happened a lot, we tried to augment our lack of being good communicators by over-communicating rather than just being more efficient in our communication. Right now, you're starting to see, so millennials are a majority of the workforce right now, and Gen Z is falling right behind them. And one of the main knocks that you hear on both of those generations is their attention span is too short. They get bored. They can't listen to directions. All of these different complaints about their ability to follow and learn and follow direction. And realistically, part of that may be true, but part of that also is we we don't really know how to effectively communicate. We say 10 sentences to say the same thing over and over. I love my dad to death. He's my pastor. But sometimes on Sundays, he has three sermon points and two of them are the same thing. Because <laughs> we're kind of reiterating. Yeah, say, sure. And realistically, you've got to do that sometimes to get the point hammered home. But also, you can be a more effective communicator if you say things with power, with anointing, and concise when you don't lose people's attention. So where does that tie back into AI? AI is a really great tool for, my father has used this, I've used this at ORU as well. You can just take, say you have a speech or you have a sermon, throw it into to chat GPT, literally copy paste it and say, I'm going to give you a manuscript. Please review this. Okay, please go ahead and post it in the chat, paste it. It will instantly give you, okay, this seems to be a speech about yada, yada, yada. You can then have a conversation back and forth and say, yes, this is a speech about, or this is a sermon about. Can you help me pick out two or three main points and make them a little bit more concise than I've put them? Keep the scripture references or keep the references to the employee handbook in there. And it will immediately break that down. And it's been trained on your voice because it just read your text. So it's going to rewrite that back in your own voice. And so what that allows communicators to do is to be more effective and say the exact same thing that they're needing to say, but much more efficiently. Because I can tell you right now, all of these crazy long emails and these long phone calls and things, most people, they're they're either not going to read the email 
or they're going to be in the Zoom call, but they've muted themselves, they've turned their camera off, and they've gone to make a coffee, they let the dogs out. People aren't really paying attention. At first, we want to blame the person on the other end that's supposed to be listening and learning. But at some point, the leader has to say, well, you know what? If they're all going to do this, I have to do something to get my point across more effectively. Utilizing these tools, I think, absolutely helps with that. You can pawn off that concise ability to say what you need to say more appropriately to these technologies, and they're done in seconds. You proofread it and you say, yep, that's exactly what I wanted to say. I didn't know how to say it as quickly. Send that email off. You're preaching to the choir. This is one of the things I've talked, especially with missionaries who are fundraising or speaking with pastors saying, listen, take your message and distill it. Mm -hmm. When you distill it, what you're doing, you're getting rid of all the fluff and you're down to just pure, powerful words. I have a couple other things too. Along those same lines, there's several other tools that we use to communicate. ChatGPT is a great kind of catch-all, but there's several other ones. So uh, one that my dad has been using recently is Sermon Shots, like screenshots or like snapshots. The, the name of the website is Sermon Shots. And so you can take an entire YouTube or say you've recorded your sermon and upload it. Typically, it, it depends on the length of the video, but within 24 hours, they'll get back to you and say, here are three main points from your sermon. They may not have even been in exact order. They may be even, you said the, the first part second and the second part first. They will clip those out. Trim them together to where they are a minute or so in a vertical format. So it fits on like Instagram reels, TikTok, those type of communications where you're reaching a younger audience. It'll put music to it, background to it, audio to it, and then write your social media posts and say, hey, are you struggling with anxiety this week? Here's a word of encouragement for you. Fully prepare that and package that for you without having to scrub through an hour and 15 minutes of teaching or 45 minutes of a sermon on Sunday and find that. So Sermon Shots is a great tool. There's others that for teaching in the front end, there's this one that's real, I had a lot of fun with, it's gamma.app, G-A-M-M-A dot A-P-P. It's a free service that you can say, hey, I need a presentation built or a PowerPoint built. Here's three main points. Here's kind of my top line topic. And you copy and paste that in somewhere to the chat GPT. And it builds out slides for you. You can give it a color scheme. You can tell it, hey, I want images. And it'll build out images, dynamic slides, animations fully within seconds. And you can say, okay, I like this one, but can you replace the second image on the third slide? Boom, done instantly. And it'll give you multiple different iterations of that. Again, it goes back to being an effective communicator. If your PowerPoint is a white background, yellow words, and a whole bunch of text, I'm not going to read it. And I've probably tuned out and grabbed my phone. You've got to, it's got to be engaging and captivating. So there's so many tools similar to chat GPT that a communicators, leaders of effective teachers want to know about. And a, a good website to know is just futuretools.io. And it's just a repository of a whole bunch of these different AI tools. So they have different categories you can search and find whatever tool you might need. We're at the bleeding edge of it right now. So a lot of this is happening very quickly within the last six to eight months. Very um, quickly because AI is leading it. AI is putting all these pieces together and helping us learn how to take the next step. When it's iteratively fixing itself. And so when when wow. you can, as a person only do so many calculations or a system is doing thousands upon millions of calculations per minute, that's nowhere near, we're not able to comprehend that. So in a in a ministry and leadership context, there's there's not a lot of people that are out in front of it. ORU is working on some uh some programs. There's some groups online. The, the AI pastor is a Facebook group that 
different pastors will talk about different AI tools. You will see a lot pop up over the next year or so, or you held the very first Christians in Web3 Summit this last fall. That was put I on saw you were part of that. Yeah. Forum 12. And so there's a whole lot of Christian leaders in the space that do virtual reality, AI, all these different things that are that are trying to build a coalition of believers who want to get out in front, like you said, of the technology and claim it for God rather than the world claim it for a whole bunch of perverse things. And the church try to shell out a little niche in the corner and say, hey, we're going to be over here and use the little tiny pieces. We're trying to get out in front. So it, there's there's not a, a great repository to go to at front, but there are a lot of people building in the space that you're going to see a lot of movement over the next year or so. This is fascinating. I've learned a lot. At least I have a sense of it more, and, and I have less of a sense of dread about it, but more a sense of excitement. Wow, what could we do? This has been good. Thank you. Yeah. When absolutely. you learn more about this stuff, can we maybe have another conversation? Absolutely. I'd love to. I was hopeful you'd say that. I hope you enjoyed our podcast, and I hope that you'll join us on future episodes. Please follow us or subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. Until next time, this is Rick Shields, and on behalf of the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network, this is my prayer for you. May you have rest when you need it, strength when you want it, and joy when you least expect it. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you follow after Him. Thanks for listening.